Good morning. morning. Welcome to morning prayers. At this time, I would ask that you join me in a brief moment of silence as we hold in our hearts and minds all those people who were killed or injured in the Las Vegas shooting last night. Amen. At this time, I would ask you to stand as you are able and join in the responsive reading of our psalm, Psalm 10, found on page 5 in your Black Appleton Psalter. Psalm 10, page 5. Why do you stand so far off, O God, and hide yourself in time of trouble? The wicked boast of their heart's desire, the covetous curse and revile God. The wicked are so proud that they dare not for God. Their only thought is, God does not matter. Their ways are devious at all times, and your judgments are far out above their sight. They defy all their enemies. Arise, O Lord, punish the wicked, O God. Do not ignore the helpless. Why should the wicked revile God? Why should they say in their heart, you do not care? Amen.
Good morning. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you this morning, and I would like to simply begin with a brief excerpt from a book called The Fire Next Time by James Baldwin. It seems to me that one ought to rejoice in the fact of death, ought to decide, indeed, to earn one's death by confronting with passion the conundrum of life. One is responsible for life. It is the small beacon in that terrifying darkness from which we come and to which we shall return. One must negotiate this passage as nobly as possible for the sake of those who come after us. So you might know that I teach courses here at Harvard on leadership, negotiation, and conflict resolution. And my students often ask me, what makes a great leader? What do you, how do you decide who is a great leader? And the answer, obviously, is that great leaders come in all kinds of forms and have many different characteristics. For me, there's at least two things that are in common for most great leaders that I've ever studied or had the opportunity to, to meet. And that is authenticity and coherence. Coherence in thought, word, and action. So I wanted to share with you a short story that to me represents one of the greatest examples of leadership from one of our great leaders in history, Mahatma Gandhi. It's a simple story. I think it's a very illustrative story. And it starts back when Gandhi was rising in power in India, trying to, to fight against British rule. And the British began to get a little bit worried about his influence and his, 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 uh, his voice growing so loudly and powerfully. So they thought, why don't we invite him to London and have him speak in the chamber of the Houses of Parliament? And in that time, it was a very different environment. It was loud and raucous, and people would throw things and be screaming. And they thought, this man will arrive here and get completely blown away by this environment and not be able to hold his own. Sure enough, Gandhi flies to London, goes into the Houses of Parliament, he enters the chamber, and indeed it is as loud and raucous and people screaming and throwing as he was told to expect. So Gandhi enters the chamber, and in the midst of all this chaos, he stands up at the podium, and he just starts speaking. And slowly but surely, the noise quiets down, and all of a sudden, he's speaking in total silence, which was unprecedented, by the way, at this time. And Gandhi speaks for three and a half hours straight in total silence. And when he finishes, the chamber stands up and erupts in applause, standing ovation, again, unprecedented at this time. So by now, word has gotten out into the community, and people are gathering around the Houses of Parliament, and there's journalists everywhere. And one journalist arrived and tried to get to speak with Gandhi, but couldn't because of the thronging crowd. And he noticed that there was one of his advisors, one of Gandhi's advisors was standing on the side, leaning against the building. And so the journalist goes up to this advisor and he asks him, he says, how does Gandhi do it? How does he silence this chamber for three and a half hours and get a standing ovation at the end? What does he do? How does he do it? And the advisor says, it's simple, really, because what Gandhi thinks is what Gandhi feels, is what Gandhi says, is what Gandhi does. That is authentic and coherent leadership in action. 
And so my only hope for all of us here today and for our larger communities and for our leaders around the world is that as we continue to shape and refine and develop our own authentic voices of leadership, that returning to our quote from James Baldwin, we can do so as nobly as possible for the sake of those who come after us. Thank you very much. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. At this time, I would invite you to stand as you are able, and join in the singing of our hymn, Through All the Changing Scenes of Life, number 283 in your hymnal, number 283.
And now, may you go out in peace. May God grant that you will never take any of the blessings of this world for granted. And may you always have the courage and the faith to show love to your brothers and sisters. In the name of God. Amen. Amen.